All right, so welcome to the first in-house podcast. We've got Dr. Rick here. Welcome, mate. Ah, uh, it's awesome. Awesome to be here. Ryan. Hey. How are you, man? Pretty good. It's been a while since you've been on the channel. Someone yeah. asked me to give you a big hug the other day, and oh. I thought, no. Who was it? But I'll shake hands with you. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> now the hugging will be later on tonight. Yeah. yeah. The cupping, you mean. I mean. <laughs> I get demonetized already. Hugging. So, yeah, I just thought we could chat about, I don't know, just a whole lot of different stuff. But one of the things I know we all gig, but we also go to jams, being the yep. desperados that we are. Yep. And I always have people ask, like, tell me more about the jams. Like, yep. what can I, what are they about? You know, how can I get involved in one? And I guess what are some of the funny things that go on and the good and the bad, basically. Yeah. So. Yeah. Look, I, I always say to people, it's trash and treasure, <laughs> mostly trash. <Yeah. laughs> but uh, no, look, what, what what keeps us coming back? What keeps us coming back? We know, you know, the last time there were some magic moments and some pretty horrible things as well that make you wish you weren't born. But uh, <laughs> we come back just for those little magic moments. Yeah. And a jam is different from a gig because you've got no sort of emotional investment in it. Mm-hmm. You just go up there hoping for the best and when you drive in... You can spot the cars that you think, okay, there, there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the things about the jams too is I guess like everybody um, goes every week pretty yeah, much. Like pretty I know much. I'm guilty of that. So you get to know everybody that goes there, so yep, the, yep. Good, the good and the bad. Yeah, and there's also no like expectations of the set other than your own like I hope it's going to be good, but Ooh, yeah. it's not always the case. But sometimes i got to say like even at the jams, some of those sets or the brackets that you can have uh, – Easily as good as some gigs sometimes, you oh, know, yeah. if you get the right players there. It's, yeah. Some of the best magic is when it's in the moment and everyone's listening. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. I I think think yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing for me is, and the biggest advice I give anyone is, get out of, um, don't, don't stay at home playing to backing tracks. Mm-hmm. Get out there, play with people. Um, yeah. that's, that's my biggest thing, you know, playing with, and sometimes you do yeah sometimes you do get really bad players but you know everyone has to start from somewhere oh, yeah yeah that, well, that's true and and i think yeah, we probably all got our start at some stage yeah. at a jam and where someone <clears throat> pays it forward and says you know I'm, I'm here one of the um great australian blues guys jeff atchison uh i always remember him at blues jams years ago you know probably 15 20 years ago just take, taking people through the basics of a 12-bar blues. Yeah, wow. and And I just thought, I just had so much respect because, you know, he's a guy that you know, tours the world and he's done really well, mm-hmm. and, but he's giving something back. So mm. every now and then when I'm having a really, really bad night, I always think, okay, well, I'm going to take one for the team and give something <laughs> back. Yeah. Um, so does that sound a bit up myself? Probably does, but oh, yeah. Well, so I can't let that go because... One thing I love about you is no matter who you're playing with and how bad it is, you just give everything. And I think a lot of people know that. Like, you'll just... And that's one of the biggest things I've learned from the jams, you know, mm. just watching you and... Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it might be... Like, it might be a cover gig or it might be a jam night and it might be bad, but you're... You don't let that affect you. Yeah. And I've seen... like I've, <laughs> And I've seen, you know, some like bar bands and, and they're just doing it and going through the motions and mm. there's nothing worse than, than seeing that. So yeah. Oh, no, you're right. I think Rick does give uh, like 100% any time he tries to play and I, yeah. I wish I could tap into that same thing. Sometimes I 
I'm not good at sort of just trying to if thing, if the rhythm section's not working properly, I'm terrible at trying yeah. to plow over the top. Yeah. Rick's probably a, a stronger player, no, no, much stronger louder. player in that situation, but I think it does emotionally scar him from time, time to does. time on the way oh, no, home. No. You know, I'll just be going thinking, because my wife won't watch this, so I can say this. Sometimes you have to work to get a leave pass. Like Sunday, sun, <laughs> Sunday, yes. can we talk? Sunday nights at our place, you know, there's sometimes stuff you've got to do and and, and uh, if I'm sort of skulking off up the mountain, uh, all the way up there I'm thinking, gee, I hope this was worth, you know, <laughs> no sex for a month. But uh, – <laughs> 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 which is – sorry, we're going to lose our monetisation. Nah, anyway, no, but yeah, so yeah, there is a certain emotional investment going up there. <laughs> yeah. But we keep going back. So yeah. – um, what do they say? The definition of insanity is someone who keeps repeating the same mistake and thinking mm-hmm. a different outcome. But there are some magic times. Yeah. You meet some people and um, so, yeah, they're great. you just got to take the good with the bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I love about it, the jams as well is being able to actually test your gear out loud. Mm. Yes. Or get it to the sweet spot yeah. volume-wise. I think like there's so many places, or at least the jam we go to, we can pre- we have pretty much free reign to play as loud as we yeah. need to play or as loud as the band is. Yeah. For some places, they'll get onto you straight away or they might have a little blues junior that you've got to use. It's like mm. you go to the blues jam, we go to there's always like <laughs> boutique amps in the corner and everyone's like nerding out about the gear. I kind of like that about it as well. It's the Yeah, I've got gear. 100 watt today. <laughs> oh, yeah, what'd you bring? I blew it a ton. But no, I'm not going to turn it up. Like I never turn it up. Come like, on. You definitely got to turn it up. You must... Yeah, um, definitely. It's yeah. In that corner, you do. Yeah, like life's not a dress rehearsal. Just, just angle it out and uh, it'll be great. But yeah. No, it's true. No one ever tells us to. Which is kind of dangerous if you've got someone who's just not a good player yeah. and they play <laughs> really, really loud and it's intrusive and horrible. <laughs> it, just, um, it interferes with the whole <laughs> vibe of it and, and, and whatnot. So, so, wait, wait, wait. You're not supposed to play... Rhythm guitar way louder than lead guitar. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, that would be blues 101. Uh, but <laughs> I think that's a life there's so lesson. many guys that will play and then just they'll go to solo and the volume will drop 25%. Yeah. Or oh, yeah. Yeah, 50. it sounds like two mosquitoes yeah. making out. <laughs> and then they go back to rhythm and it's like, <laughs> like a concrete <laughs> saw. It's uh, unreal. Yeah. So, I mean, and there are things, and, and sometimes I know, Shane, you, you kind of very um, diplomatically say to guys, look, um, you know, the rhythm, if you play it too loud, it just it clutters up the sound. And But yeah. when you, when it's time for you to solo, yeah, turn it up and blast, but mm. then cut back so that yeah. it all sort of works. And, you know, if you didn't tell them, then maybe no one would ever tell them. I think that's – yeah, I, I kind of let it go for months and years at Jam, seeing the same guys do the same things, and eventually I just had to say something. Like, yeah. in an encouraging way, I'm like, this isn't to belittle the way you play, but – the idea of this is everyone's paying attention to each other. Yep. No one needs to be chunking away with those big bar chords. Yeah. You know, like just, oh, I'm, you yeah. know, there's a great line that uh, one of the drummers always says. It's like, I need you to play with, di- need you to play with dynamics. Yeah, I'm hitting them as loud as I can. <laughs> it's like, no, that's, that's not what we need. We need you to sort of play actually yeah. like up and down as yeah. the music goes and listen yeah. and respond. Like, I think one of the fa- fundamental things that people don't do at jams is just turn down when someone's singing. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. that simple. Even if 
everybody did that, it would be awesome. Absolutely. It just yeah. creates a bit of space, somewhere to go. Yeah, it's just something that you don't don't see yeah. a lot of. Yeah, definitely. Because we die a little inside when you play <laughs> <laughs> really loud. No, and and the thing is, if they're three guitar players, or mm-hmm. you know, just turn down. Sometimes you know, I'll see, I'll see the guys that know how, what they're doing, not play. You yeah. know, yeah, I'll, you just got to stop yeah, sometimes, and they'll stop and just let somebody play, and yeah, you know, and that's the whole thing about music. It's it's actually it's a it's a lot of communication, right? It's not talking over somebody, and when yeah, you're yeah. doing that, you know, you you are essentially talking over somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and the other thing I love about jams is the fact that, like you know, Shane said before, where you could you can test your gear. There's a lot of things that you'll learn. For example, if you play at home and you have your gain cranked up, it'll sound awesome and it'll feel awesome. But when you play in a live setting, it just drowns out. Mm-hmm. Like you get drowned out um, because it's too much compression or you know it's too muddy. <laughs> yeah. And you won't ever learn stuff like that playing at home. No, well, that, that's exactly right. And I get asked a lot about what speakers to put in amps and all that mm. kind of stuff. And if you're playing at home, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. when you get out exactly. there and play, you go, oh, okay, now I'm starting to see the absolutely. difference. Yeah, at, absolutely. At volumes, always very yeah. different. Mm. I mean, so, I, was, I was gigging a lot. So I started coming to the jam three years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now you're addicted. Oh, man. And and I have you and and Khalid to thank for that. I think Doctor Rick was the first one that brought me up, and I was gigging a fair bit. And mm. then we did the jam, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is actually really good." Like, there's mm. some really good players that yeah. come up, and and it's um you know we take our favorite songs and we we do whatever we want to do, and then mm-hmm. and now I'm yeah I'm I'm stuck. Yes, you do get the 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 G's the G guys. It's an inside joke. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I got you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, no, I'm sorry. But guys, guys that don't really, how do you say? They're not, um, they're not as experienced. But uh, they're also not paying attention. Yeah, yeah. That's that. Yeah. I think yeah. That was what I was trying to say. Like they're not really um, seeking to to communicate and mm-hmm. play and yeah. and make it sound musical. Um, Whereas, you know, they, it seems like they're just there to do their bit and then... Yeah, no, you're right. And yeah. one thing I've noticed over the years at any jam, if the drummer's looking at the singer and the bass player and the drummer have some sort of line of communication, the sets are usually pretty good. Hmm. Yeah. Then there's times where the bass player is like facing the wrong way. And this is no pun against yeah, you, yeah. mate. But <laughs> no, no, you know, you actually listen. But yeah, uh, yeah. there's guys that are just oblivious with that whole communication thing. Hmm. They're not yeah. looking up to see if we're actually taking the song somewhere it's just yeah. like the you know what do they call the blinkers are on and yeah yeah, right, yeah. yeah they're doing their best sting impersonation yeah. <laughs> yeah. there was there was an i can't remember if it was this jam night but i think i was at a, a jam night and it was a quiet blue song and the bass player was like really rocking up <laughs> and it's just like dude what are you doing what are you doing that could have been me actually <laughs> No, you play really nicely. Yeah, yeah. But so look, yeah, certainly we're hooked on them and and we love them. (laughs) And yeah, more often times there's some nice uh, parts during the Mm -hmm. the set and you sort of go home thinking, I'm never going back, but you always do because, yeah, there's enough there to keep you coming back. I think if someone hasn't gone to the jams before, 
a good thing. Maybe we could give them some sort of pointers about like what to be sort of listening out for, or yeah. you know, it depends on people's skill level as well and how developed they already are before they go to the jam. But I, I always think like learn a couple, learn to play a couple of the standard sort of. If it's a blues jam, learn a couple of the the basic sort of patterns and all that kind of stuff. Yep. I mean, know where the chord changes are already, but mm. find something that can complement another guitar player if they're already playing a yep. riff based groove. You can pick something else, you know. There's probably no reason for two or three guitarists to all be playing the same thing if you get yeah. in a situation where there's three guitars, and that'll happen. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, terrible. Uh, um, yeah, I to add to that, I think if you're new to a jam night, be polite, set up quickly, and tear down quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't be like, don't be too loud, and. Yeah, just be respectful, I think, mm-hmm. you know, if um and bring a mate or, you know, yep. or bring your teacher or, you know, because it's it's great like getting to play in front of people um especially with other people is a whole different ball game to, you know, playing with a backing track. Mm. Um and the reason why that is is because you can learn this is a a good example of a lot of guys that will play a song at a jam and they've learned the part to the CD. Oh yeah, but you, you can't sort of stretch it yeah. or compress it depending on how fast the song's going. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you got to be able to sort of mess around with the timing of the song. It'll yeah. always yeah. vary. It will never. Yeah. One thing about the jams, they they never go as you expect, but sometimes they go better too. So mm. yeah, no, you have to be able to sort of think on your feet and yeah. and ad- adapt to the changes. So it's mm-hmm. all about listening. You know, yeah. your ears aren't painted on; they're there to do things. So <laughs> yeah, but. Look, I would say the jam we go to as well is it's very accepting and mm. it's it's non-judgmental. I mean, you know, we, we <laughs> <laughs> until we get out of there. It's but, only when uh, people are using solid state amps, they become judgmental. Oh, oh yeah. my word! But Jesus, yeah, no, we um, it's just light-hearted banter and yeah. you know we sort of hang it on on guys, but it's it's a pretty mutual feeling and. Yeah, so and we had just had a young guy along the other day. Yeah, you know, that's first time. Uh, fifteen oh, yeah. year old, and and um, yeah, it was great to to see him taking those first few steps. It mm. took me back about thirty five years um, to yeah when I was sort of starting out, and it, it's a good feeling to sort of pass the yeah. the baton to the next generation, but also to show show him that you know us old foxes have still got a couple of things that we can do and. Perhaps he might have learned some stuff from us. Who knows? Yeah. 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 Cool. Or to get good at your instrument so you don't have to do stupid jam nights. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Get a real career. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, yeah, I, I think, yeah, jam nights are great. And there's a, there's a community, you know. Um, I've met drum, drummers, bass players that I've played with on gigs at the jam night. Yeah, same. Yeah. So yeah, so it's 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 great. It's about the community. Yeah. yeah, it's about it's 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 so many things, you know, playing in front of people, playing with a with a live band, getting to know other people, getting to think on your feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should do one. Yeah. I've 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 never been to any other blues except the Mount Daniel one because you know, it, on any not, given yeah. night it's so good. And yeah. you got the freedom to play at the volume yeah. of the, of oh, the yeah. room, which is something a lot of these other jams yeah, don't yeah. have. Oh, well, you yeah, might only get yeah. two songs, whereas we'll yeah. get two or three goes some Runs, night yeah. or, or whatever it is. And, yeah. yeah, or four if the 
organizer can't count. <laughs> <laughs> Which they usually can't. That's and the good thing is if you start going to the jams, it doesn't take long before you get sort of familiar with everybody yeah. as yeah. well. That's the cool thing. Like I remember when I first started going to jams, I didn't really know. I didn't know anybody there. Mm. But after, I guess, four or five weeks, I started to get to know the guys and mm. then they're like, oh, yeah, you know, you start to become... It's, more, it's also a, a bit of a social... Yeah. Night yeah. out as it yeah. is uh, a music night out. I mean, most people are there to play uh, more than they're there to listen. I, I'm, yeah. I think most people would agree with that. But yeah. it's also that social thing. Like if you guys go, it's a good night, even if yeah. we only get That's one right. go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we can always go to late night McDonald's afterwards. Yeah, and true. Or go outside and get eaten by the mosquitoes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So no, it is, it is also about the hang, isn't it? And yeah. just, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, we've all... Taking the time to escape from our lives and go up there and yeah. into another dimension. <laughs> yeah. We're probably a bit late to the party, but do you want to have a 30 second chat about Gibson and the whole play authentic fiasco from our friend Mark Agnesi? I've kind of avoided this, so this should be fun. I had a lot of people ask me what, what I thought about it and whether or not it was a, a huge deal for me. I, I, I kind of see Gibson as just a big corporation that make guitars. So yep. them suing somebody probably isn't out of character for mm. a big company. I, I could be wrong, but it, it's, I feel like it's hurt their reputation. Mm. Yeah. But I also feel like after seeing some of the NAM stuff that's come out that most people have forgotten about it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, already. Like that's the beauty of YouTube and, and the internet. Like things are forgotten quicker than just about anywhere else. I, I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about it. But yeah. what about you? Well, I think the weird thing for me is, for a long while, I love Gibson stuff, and there was that corporate sort of thing, and you know, like they were suing PRS, and and I don't think anyone sort of. Well, I didn't care, you know. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, yes, and I I do believe intellectual property is that's fair enough. You know, yeah. it's their stuff; they've designed it. They have a right to protect it, absolutely. Um, and and they are a company that do employ people who, and by losing sales, you do Im- impact like people's lives. So absolutely, but it's weird. It sort of shifted the focus on what was the main thing, which was guitars, right? Mm-hmm. And then when they had the new CEO and all the reports came back that the guitars were amazing now and you should check them out and they're they're back to how they were. I was really excited for Gibson. And then when they had Mark come on, I was like, great, because he's, he's, you know, he's big, um, he's a big personality. Yeah. Uh, And then, and then this stuff happened. So it's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. You know, it was, it's going up like. Oh, totally. I thought. The 2019 Just, guitars have been yeah, great, and exactly. the, the rep, reputation, quality control had gotten better. I think yeah. on the most part, there might. I think a few people complained about certain finishes that were a bit yeah. weird. Yeah. But other than that, like I, my 2019 Flying V is one of my favorite guitars I've ever I've mm. ever purchased. I, I love it. So yeah, it's definitely something that makes people kind of you just sort of feel like, oh. yeah, exactly, like you shake your head kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how I felt. Mm. I remember just going like. That's right. Yeah. Just try and concentrate on building great guitars, yeah. you know, and and building guitars where the D and the G string stay in tune and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. And it's funny, I had to smile. The 
called Les Paul Modern, I think it's called. It's got these push-pull, like all the four controls <laughs> yeah, are push-pull. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, it just sounds like they can't decide what a Gibson Les Paul is. Yeah. Mm. We need to make it. And with these kind of weird finishes too, like they're trying to sort of PRS it a bit, I think, with yeah. these, these blues and other sorts of funny colours, whereas... Mm. Mate, when I think of a Les Paul, obviously if it's a custom Black Beauty, for example, Absolutely. or the bursts, you know, the, yeah. the classic bursts and the lemon and the tea bag, whatever it's called. <laughs> tea, tea bag, sorry, that's rude. But um, yeah, so, and then four push pull controls. So um, yeah, there's a bit of confusion there somewhere. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I mean, look, apparently they released a um, retraction of the, the Play Authentic video and, and whatnot, yeah. but. Yeah, I, I just think I, I'd hope that they would drop this silly lawsuit, and mm. they should know by now. Yeah, you know, they went after Paul Reed Smith, and they got mm. smacked, and then they got really belted by the U.S. Customs people for all that wood mm. they had. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, exactly. you know, they, they were both teachable moments. It's so strange because, like, if you look at PRS and what they're trying to do, it sounds like all they care about is making a better guitar. Yep. Yeah. And Gibson, with all its tradition and all its, you know, everything that's beautiful about it, everything that we love about it, Mm. they should just stick to, just decide on a product line. You know, like you've got your historic stuff and then you've got the the main line and then that's Mm. it. Uh, No one, like, I know one guy who bought the robot Les Paul. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I remember it lasted him six months and he was trying to sell it and he could not sell it. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah, because like, why are you trying to reinvent the wheel? I think that was the thing with Henry, right? He was trying to, you know, put all these technology in the guitar, which is the really wrong way to go because you've got (laughs) a guitar that has so much history. Yeah. Yeah. Go with that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think know. a big p- part of the problem, sorry to cut you off, I, I was just thinking like a lot of people felt like them suing Dean was, you know, 30 years too late or 20 mm. years too late mm. as well. So that was, you know, a bit of yeah. a bit of a shock to, I guess, most manufacturers. They don't even, while some of those shapes, I guess, are very similar, you're never going to confuse a Dean with a Gibson. No, no, that's where... The- no, yeah. I played Dean flying Vs and nothing like... The one I've got. Um, I think the PRS single cut is closer to a Les Paul than any of the Dean stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. is that the only thing that they sort of said? They went after this company that made a toy V with oh, SpongeBob on it, right? Oh, man. It was like a toy oh. manufacturer. And it, they, I don't know, they must have spent a million dollars, I reckon, and then it all settled. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so... You'd think they would learn by now. They're just trying to bankrupt whoever they go out after, basically. Yeah, yeah but it ends up shooting themselves in the foot because yeah. they cough up a million bucks that mm. they could have spent on making good guitars. Yeah, that's exactly what you said. The focus on doing the the guitars first and foremost. and Yeah, yeah maybe. absolutely. I don't know. They get more credibility if they weren't going after other guitar manufacturers, especially some of these boutique ones. Like, you yeah. know, as soon as you have any guitar builder that's starting to do okay – one of the big companies will probably start yeah. looking at them. I mean, I don't know if Fender ever went after Tom Anderson or Grosch or Sir or, or whatever. Yeah, they, right. they easily could, couldn't they? Uh, but maybe Fender is just focusing on putting out great guitars. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm not, you know, Fenders is still a, a corporation with yeah. lots and lots of lawyers and all that mm. sort of stuff. And, and <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, we love their product, but we don't necessarily love their sort of their corporate structure and, and their corporate kind of identity. Yeah. But um, mm. maybe they just got their eye on the big picture. So Fender just surged ahead and Gibson just keep, you know, putting all their energy into lifting up a boulder and then dropping it on their foot. Yeah, so, clearly their marketing team uh, got their got their heads up their ass. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, Fender kind of get that right. Yeah, it's 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 such a bad um, it's a bad thing for a company when I guess their suits get involved. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like yeah. when when hey, your guitar company just make great guitars. Like that's that yeah. should be it. And look, I understand that. Yeah, the business people do need to be involved, but it has to be. There has to be a cutoff at some point where it's like, no, let's just yeah. do this. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Collings, for example, right? Amazing guitars. Mm. You don't see any of that stuff. You know, they they let the product speak for itself. And that's what Gibson should have done. They just, just you know, the new CEO came in and, and the new guitars were apparently better. They should have just gone with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the guitar buying public, we're we're strange people. We we sort of buy very emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I think about a fifty-two Tele or a fifty-four Strat or a fifty-nine Les Paul or mm. a, um, you know, or an L series or something like that. And, and if they just should, uh, you just concentrate on that that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, because that, that's what that's what gets us in. I reckon. Absolutely. Could it yeah. be that also? You know, it's a quick way to make a few bucks is to take somebody to court if you win. I mean, how 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 much more can Gibson release essentially the same kind of stuff year after year? And so, and it's funny because Nam's on uh, some of Nam's on right now, mm. and the hype around the next year's stuff is always it, it happens every year. Like it's they're essentially very similar guitars to the year before on the most part, right? Yeah. There might be some differences here and there, but. It's just it's interesting that uh, a company, a guitar company, can stay in business, but everyone wants, or, or for this long, but they want the guitars that were made back in the back yeah. in the day mm, style. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's always the way. I, I just wonder if there's going to be anything that makes us go, oh wow, this is something we haven't seen coming up. Yeah. I'm not too well, sure whether there is. I guess, yeah, there, is I guess there is a smaller market for that, but it's mm. it's all us old. Yeah, but guys. no one wants it with Gibson, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 If you're going to yeah. buy something more modern, you'd probably go for a PRS or yeah. any of these other sort of. Um, you know, a sir or something like that as well for any different, like if you want a Fender style one. So. Yeah. But even with PRS, like, you know, even their new stuff, like it's it's always a nod to, like, you know, the 594 is mm. like a Les Paul with the toggle switch. Mm-hmm. The pickups are like PAF style. Like it's, there's yeah. always, it's, it's moving in a forward direction, but always with a nod to the McCarthy era and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff, which is, yeah. I don't know. I love Gibson. So, Gibson, <laughs> please stop doing stupid shit. <laughs> All right, so I want to also have a chat about the secret to the Stratocaster. You're a big Strat fan. Yep. Rick buys and sells them on almost like a <laughs> weekly basis right, <laughs> right now. So, yeah. firstly, what, what is it about the Strat? I mean, you play great on every guitar, but you've, you've recently purchased a beautiful... Oh, you can tell people what you got. Uh, the custom shop strat, yeah. So we actually made a video. It's it's on in the blues. dot com. 
Um, That's not my yeah, website, by the way. It, it, was a, it was a Fiesta Red, a heavily relict with a, um, yeah. a roasted maple neck, fingerboard and unsure poplano pickups and whatnot. And I just – I love Fiesta Red strats. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes me think of Knopfler, makes me think of Michael Landau, mm. um, makes me think of Gary Moore. Mm. Anyway, and I just – I really did love it. But uh, there's a guy here at the table who can make a strat sound like um, – like God or um, any other superior imaginary friend, and um, <laughs> I, 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 whenever I hear myself on it, I think he just doesn't sound like that. And so, yeah, I do. I buy myself. I'm, I'm actually wanting to lose the most money that you can lose on guitars. <laughs> so every time I buy one, I just think, how much can I lose on this? Take one? it to cash converters. That'll sort you out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I do. I do. Love them. I love the versatility of a Strat. I love. I mean, some of my favourite guitar players are make a Stratocaster sound great. You know, yeah. Ron does that too. And you, you make a Strat sound great too. Oh, but I just can't do it. I just cannot no, do no. it. It's in your head. It's probably in his head. It's in your head. No, Absolutely. No. I, I, I hear it and I just think, oh yeah, wow, that was super impressive, man. <laughs> do you have your Strat with you tonight? Yeah. Awesome, yeah, awesome. Do. So we're going to take a camera up and hopefully film some of the jam. So if, mm. this, if that happens, we'll... Uh, yeah, and then you'll see, you'll see, folks, you'll see the magic and I'll just be plunking away. So so I ended up trading it on a um, PRS uh, 594, which um, uh, I, I played it at GitCon last year and it's stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. And I've watched lots and lots of other videos and <laughs> it's, yeah... Um, just sounds great. It's just, yeah, it's got these PAF style pickups, the yeah. fifty-eight, fifteen low turn. So it's not a hot pickup at all. It's just got a nice bit of mids, not too honky and nasal, but this really sweet top end and the and the actual the coil split thing gives you usable sounds. Cool. Uh, and I just I love it, and it stays in tune, and it's a it's a beautiful guitar. So you know, I love Stratocasters. I just can't get. My voice on it, which is why I've played Telecasters for twenty years. Yeah. Um, so the one before that current one, you sold to Ryan, yeah. right? The yep. The it was a custom shop yeah. one as well. I forgot yeah. the model of that one. Was it? It was called. It's called a postmodern. Oh, yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. remember your expression when you first heard Ryan play. You said to me, "How come it doesn't sound like that when I use it?" Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "What? You sound no, exactly. fine." But no, no, no. yeah, you have a really good touch with the Strat. Do you approach that differently to like a your other guitars, or you just play all guitars, try to play them the same? So, the weird thing is, I think you sound great with Strat, and I definitely think you sound great with Strat. Rick's, Rick's um, crap. Yeah. You need no, another it's, Strat. It's, Come it's on, funny. Rick. No. <laughs> it's funny. Well, I'll just accumulate a bit more money so I can piss it off against the wall. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, look, I think I learned my lesson until next year. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, that... It's 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 a weird one with the strat. So my thing with the strat is I actually think the same. Like I don't think I make it sound good. Oh. Yeah, wow. And and that's why I bring it so much because I'm always <laughs> I'm always trying to like you know like make it work. Like you guys haven't seen my three three five in a while, right? Mm-hmm. The no, vintage one. Yeah, it's because it sounds amazing, and I think it sounds amazing. It like does. Every time it's I beautiful. play it, it sounds yeah. beautiful. 
And so I don't bring it to jams anymore because I'm like, I know it sounds good. It's fine. I'll bring a strap because I can't make that thing sing. So, yes, I, yes and no. Like I play the, I play every guitar differently. Like with a Les Paul, it's a different feel to a 335 or a Tele. Mm -hmm. Um, But with a strap, I something about it it's so it's I find and I don't know if you guys will agree but it's the most it's the most transparent sort of guitar like there's yeah. it, it, there's no way to hide nah. you know any like inflection that you do with your fingers comes out yeah. whereas with a Les Paul um, you know it's it's kind of that beefy sort of tone and you can't really stray too much although we've been talking about turning your volume down and getting that mm. fat you know glasses yeah. sort of thing yeah uh, but yeah Strat is just it's something about, one of my favorite guys Landau right you listen to him on a Strat and it's just like yeah he just the tones he pulls from his right hand and his left hand and you know the volume knob and the tone knob and if you watch him play he's constantly doing something right and yeah maybe just, he's trying to make it sound good maybe he is maybe he's <laughs> no, like no, no, yeah, he must he must yeah. think the same thing i sound like shit <laughs> why can't i do this but yeah. no he's he's yeah he's yeah, he's a awesome. he's a real master of, yeah. of the strat for me yeah you have to work a strat don't oh, you yeah. you can't just sort of pick it up and 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 just sort of yeah fiddle fart around with it you've you've got to really take it and you do yeah so i, I look i agree i think I think David Gilmore might have said that of mm. all the guitars, the Strat is the one that reveals the yeah. the individual sort of characteristics of the player. Yeah. You know, be it uh, Mark Knopfler or Jeff Beck or Rory Gallagher yeah. or oh yeah, you know, Clapton or, or Clapton. exactly, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. or Ryan Lim. That, or Ryan, no, but yeah. that's so that's so true because if I mean they're all different players, but they all have you can you know you can hear it. They're so different. Yeah, and they all use a Strat. Um, yeah, that's a really. Good I always point. felt like they were the most challenging guitars to play. Yeah, I just I went from playing a Epiphone ES three three five dot for years, and I got one. I called my friend. I'm like, "This is harder to play than a than a, a hollow body." And he goes, "Yeah, it is. Yeah, you yeah. gotta work harder. Yeah, like the sustains probably not as yeah prominent as it is on other guitars. Yeah, yeah. Like not generalizing, but you know you can kind of like open up a, the volume on a 335 and you get that yeah. sort of oscillation thing going on where it just takes off and it wants to hold a yeah. note but strats you got to work a bit harder you really do maybe yeah. maybe use more gain i don't yeah, know yeah definitely well it's, you know it's got the longer scale link too so yeah. it's a bit yeah. tougher to bend on but um mm-hmm. yeah look in, in in special people's hands they're a magic guitar I picked mine up last night just on a live stream and I, I smiled on those in-between positions. They're the, the bridge and middle for rhythm. I, I just love that sound. Mm. That's the one thing you can't get out of a tally. Yeah. That you get a great both pickup combination yeah. in a tally, but it's mm. it's very different to that. That's yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Those I mean, look, and that, you know, the bridge and middle on my Fiesta Red Strat had it had that brightness too because I, I used to find that sometimes yeah. you flick onto them and it's dark and it's yeah. obviously quieter yeah um but yeah that sounded good too but yeah again i just found i, I used to get a bit lost in the in the mix or or something and and once i'm a bit like you once <laughs> once you decide nah this guitar's not good mm-hmm. then it's just like get out of my life yeah, yeah. it's uh it's like I'm not the same with women. That would be very expensive. <laughs> yeah, nah, you got to yeah. be comfortable playing a guitar. You're right. I, I've yeah. done that. I've 
bought I was I mentioned this the other day I've bought amps I've had for two weeks hmm. and just flipped them I knew straight away I took them out played it live and went oh no yeah you know and you don't yeah. know that until you really give it a shot playing mm, in the shop yeah. is always different to gig volume oh music. yeah it really is absolutely yeah. um, that's what the jam lights are for yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah, exactly yeah. right yeah yeah it's just something that sometimes you don't know until mm. it's too late <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a weird one right the the strat that he sold me um so before I bought yours. I have four strats, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, and you've seen all of them. Yeah, yeah. And I thought all of them were good. And then Rick. So the story, what happened was, <laughs> yeah, Rick kept selling his strats. So I said, <laughs> "Hey, don't sell this one. Leave it with me. And when you get the itch to buy one, I'll say, hey, here's your strat back.' <laughs> yeah. And so we were like, yeah. He was like, okay, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, and then I played it. I did the stupid thing of playing it, and and just fell in love. And it was it's the best strat I own. It's the closest thing. So no, sorry, the best strat I own is my vintage one. Yeah, yeah. And this is the closest thing to that. Yeah, mm. beautiful. Like so close. And you did nothing to that off the shelf either. I mean, I, like, I didn't want to touch anything yeah, on so, it. Have you changed anything since? You got so it? yeah, and this is the crazy thing. Ooh. So I'm a big fan of you know tinkering with my you know guitars lowering the action or make yeah. you know yeah just doing it setting it up to me mm-hmm. as soon as i got you that one i haven't touched it so yeah there was a period of time where i wouldn't change the strings because i was like oh my god it could be but <laughs> no, i've done it since and it's, like, oh, it's still it's still there oh because i'd sort of straddled it up and down <laughs> and make a bit and i was getting sort of a, this weird feeling every time what do you play thinking oh you know, you know where that had been but yeah, look, you were there when I bought that strat. I, I was yeah. there. There's a common yeah. denominator here. Yeah. The enabler. <laughs> it's it's the triangle. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. the triad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you were there. Oh, I wasn't yeah. even looking. Didn't we go there to World of Music yeah, looking at something for you? Yeah, yeah I was looking right. at a little amp. That's right. Uh, 15 water or yeah. something. Yeah. And then, I, and then I think you said, what's that? And Dopey here says, oh, it's dirt. I haven't had a strat for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened? The prior time I went in that shop with Brian, yeah. another mate of ours, we we went in for Brian and I bought a Strat. Yeah. I bought that white one that I still got. And he bought a steak sandwich. Yeah. No. No. He didn't, he didn't end up with anything. So I ended no. up walking out with a guitar. I was He's like, a vegetarian, how did, folks. How did that happen? Oh, yeah, he is too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I just realized. I bought... This another strat from you. That's why you bought this one. Oh my gosh, that's right. My fifty four. Was it the anodized? Oh one? my god! No, no, no. So you, yeah, yeah. He had two strats, right? He had a, a custom shop fifty four, yeah, limited edition one, which I bought, yeah, because he wanted to get rid of strats. <laughs> and then you ended up with postman, and I bought that as well. You've had so many strats since I've known you. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Not to pick on you at all, but yeah. No, no, that's fine. Uh, like, you know, I'm just thinking. Even in the last five years, I, you had one with like a gold, yeah, yes. gold pick. Yeah, pick yeah. Was, they had like this. Um, was a bit like a Mary Kay color yeah, guitar, yeah. and yeah. I put the gold one on because I went through that Mardi Gras phase. But um, what's the best one you've you've owned? Do you think, or one of the, or the maybe two or three you know what? that the really best, stand out? I reckon the best one I owned was the 54 that I sold to oh, everyone. Really? But I dropped it in at this uh, apparently reputable Melbourne luthier who turned out to be an absolute butcher. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we, won't, we won't name names, but uh, unless <laughs> you're yeah, in, the, in, the, um, in the comments. Yeah. But, uh, and he did something to it and 
he just rogered it into the mm. next room Man, into eternity really of crap. And the crazy thing is, Ryan has taken it to a guy that I, I would turn for, who's yeah. a lovely guy, and he has resurrected it. And last time we're at the jam, Ryan was on it, and yeah. it was it was sounding truly godlike. It was mm. beautiful. So I've always got a thing I, I love because I got that Eric Johnson video. Years ago, well, shows how long yeah. ago I was on a video, and his yeah. his main squeeze is a fifty four, yeah. and I've always loved that color of, of yeah. Strat, the mm. two color tobacco sunburst, not the three color, not the yeah. Red. I used to have one like that as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and um, so that is the best one. It's got the Fletcher Landau pickups in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it still does. Oh no, I nah. took it off. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, it's got uh. Lindy Fraylin 54s now. Or oh, okay. Yeah. So a bit on that story, on, on that guitar that he sold me. Um, yeah, so it's a, it was a like a, I think, was that 50th anniversary? Of yeah. The, so it was 50th anniversary of that guitar. Yeah. And Custom Shop made a hundred of them and it was a master build guitar. Mm. And I bought it because, yeah, same. I loved Eric Johnson, wanted something with that. Mm. And I remember when I bought it, I hated it. Like, yeah. it sounded really good, but it just felt yeah, horrible. Struggle to play had a terrible yeah. number yeah. done to it. Because yeah. what had happened was um, Dr. Rick wanted stainless steel frets put on, mm-hmm. and the guy that put it on did a really bad job on it. So he put stainless steel frets on, but he made the fretboard really flat. So I think it's, um, I think when I got it, just done recently it was like he it was measured at 20 so like an Ibanez oh my oh. god so absolutely <laughs> different from a Fender right yeah, so yeah. it's just really flat and it just didn't play nice so I had that guitar for a long time and I kept it because it always sounded good but it never felt good yeah and then we found uh, Derek who yes. we should give a shout out to um, Derek from yeah. Fret Set yes who is amazing so Derek's worked at Collings Guitars, and then he mm. was the head of repairs at Mayton. Um, and he's the only guy in Melbourne or maybe Australia who has a Plex machine. Oh, that's that guy. Yeah, that yeah, dude. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. We're talking yeah. about this guy. Yeah, so cool. I had an old uh, ES335 that needed badly needed a refret, and I was thinking about sending it to like Sydney because mm. there was a there was a guy that you know had a Plex machine, I think, but he's retired. And then I found Derek. And I knew about Derek because uh, I had a Mayton built for me. Um, so I met him there. Went to see him and he just brought that guitar back to life. So I was like, all right, yeah. let's see what you can do with this. Yeah. And it was amazing. Like I got it back and how, how oh, good is it? It's amazing. It's so good that, so that Strat that you saw me, the postmodern one, that's kind of my number one. Today, I picked up that one and I was like, maybe I should bring this because cool. it just felt great. So what he had done was um, because the fretboard was 20. Wow. He programmed in the Plex machine where it would do a compound radius on the frets. Ah, so it right. feels like, yeah, you know, yeah, without yeah. actually changing the fretboard, hmm. just things like that. And that's what a great luthier can do, you know, like yep. without changing. Because he said, I can't. He's the guy had taken off so much wood yeah. that if he reshaped it, there's not much fretboard left. Oh, so he's like, "But how about this?" 
And it's like, all right, give it a go. He did, and it was it's amazing. Yeah, it's, wow. it's fantastic. And yeah, last was it last week that yeah. I brought it? Yeah, yeah, it sounded great. Wow. It Played was great. It was really good. You need to have it back. Hmm. No, no, I've <laughs> I've learned my lesson. He'll be back. He'll be back. Ah, I'll leave it six with months. You. I'll leave six it months or a year this time. No, I'll just leave it. With you. Yeah, just, yeah. It's a cycle. No, don't. He'll get another one. Don't, don't just. You guys don't buy it. Do you remember one of the strats, that 50th anniversary one that I had, that I yeah. changed pickups in like seven times, yeah, right? Yeah. And I could never get it to sound good. Mm. Into my ear, it always just, it never, it never had any sort of niceness to it. Yeah. I changed pickups so many times in the yeah. pots. And then I found that Mexican standard one and it was just like light years yeah. ahead of. Yeah. And it made me wonder whether or not pickups is enough sometimes ever ever yeah obviously it's going to change your sound mm. but yeah. i wonder if there's just some strats or any guitars out there that are just not good yeah oh yeah i i think it's uh, i think it's the sum of parts really yeah. i mean i was just reading an article um uh about frets and how different size frets can change the sound of guitar oh there you go yeah And 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 yeah, I've I've played so many guitars that I just didn't feel hmm. anything about. And then there's some guitars where you play and you go like, oh gosh. Yeah. Remember yeah. that? So there's a guitar that I really that gold top. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there was this 1969 gold top that sat in a guitar store, right? And I walked by it and it just looked amazing. Gibson gold top with the green sort of yes, like, and it looked awesome. Yeah. Um, it had a $14,000, $15,000 price on it. And I was like, there's no way I'm buying this guitar. <laughs> but I was like, I'll play it. Yeah. And I was just like, as soon as I played it, I remember I sat there for, I don't really sit on a, at a guitar store and play for a long time, but I sat like maybe an hour or two. Yeah. And the guy knew like, I wanted this. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, make an offer. And I did this dumb thing of calling my wife because I was I really wanted that guitar, and she said she was like, "All right, make an offer of ten grand." And, you know, <laughs> yeah, wow. Like, yeah. <laughs> I married the wrong woman, folks. <laughs> yeah, no, she's great. Uh, she's like, "Yeah, make an offer of ten grand," and I did. And the guy said, "Oh, I'll call you back." So three days later, I can't like I can't stop thinking about. It. I, like, I called you about it because I needed a call sharp. I was like. So I called the guy and he said, no, sorry, he's not budging from 14 and your offer at 10 has been rejected. Oh, man. And then he says, I think I can get him at 13 and a half if you want to make that offer. So I was like, oh, look, let me give me time. <laughs> so another two days had passed. I remember it was a Sunday. I woke up that morning and I said, bam, I'm getting guitar. It's three and a half more, but I'll sell something. I'm sorry. I got to do it. And she's like, uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, if you have to do it, go do it. So as I'm getting ready to go, I was in the shower. I come out to a missed call, called the number, and it was the store. And they said, we just sold it, 13 and a half. Oh. So it's a blessing oh. in disguise because yeah. I shouldn't be spending that money on a guitar, obviously. But what a guitar. Yeah. So you said that was an original, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. A vintage. And yeah. that beautiful patina. Beautiful patina. Uh, yeah. so, and, and I know who bought it, probably Joe Bonamassa. Oh, God damn it, Joe. Probably came again. Hey, ho. Hey, hey, I'm Joe Bonamassa <laughs> here. So both of you guys have played a lot of, especially while we were away last year uh, in Germany yeah. too, but you've also played a lot of old 
original guitars versus some of the custom shop or oh, some yeah. of the new ones. What do you? I know you own a few of those. Like you've got an old Strat and old three three five as well. Maybe maybe some others as well. We don't know about, but. No, I don't think. Is there a huge difference between like a vintage guitar and the way it feels, maybe compared to like a, a reissue or a, um, or a or a custom shop relic? And how much are the old ones relic after however long? So okay, so I just want to clear this up, right? I think there's a misconception that every vintage guitar is amazing. Mm. That's not true. Yeah, it's not true at all. There's plenty of dogs out there, but. Um, there's some sirens going off. <laughs> it's Gibson. They're, sort of, <laughs> they're, they're sending, sending the SWAT team. Um, no, there are plenty of really bad vintage guitars out there. Mm. So, um, so is there like, does it mean that it's better? No, absolutely. Like the Strat that I got, so I got a 64 Strat and I had three Strats that I, one was a 65 and the other one was a 62. Hmm. Same price range i think give or take a thousand dollars but um that one was the one that spoke to me and the other ones yeah were crap yeah like worn frets yeah. Uh, not really looked after so yeah no not all vintage guitars are great the ones that i have have just spoken to me yeah okay so it's a similar sort of thing same thing and you know that telly that we were at the guitar show that yes oh that was awesome Dude, I'm still thinking oh about God. that. And I'm, I'm not even right exactly. Yeah. And I'm still thinking, I think yeah. they've still got it. They still got it. Yeah. Oh, because wow. no one wants to pay five thousand dollars for. Yeah, and, for a, for a telly. And so a guitar like that, you know, it's it's new, relict, but it speaks to like yeah. you and me. It and sounded Rick. unbelievable. Sounded amazing. Probably yeah. the best humbucker. Yeah. It was a neck humbucker, yeah. right? Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. the one of the nicest neck humbucker pickups I've ever heard. Absolutely. And when we're away in Germany at MJS. MJ. MJ guitar, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you got to play some like 60s guitars basically yeah. as well. Tally yeah. and yeah. the Flying V. Yeah. And yeah. I remember your face when you picked up that Tally. You oh. were like, you were just. Yeah. yeah. And again, look, um, uh, yeah, just because you see the, the year that it was made, yeah. you've just got to take those blinkers off yeah. uh, and play it. Um, but yeah, that, that was magic. And uh, I think. We're going to break the internet here, but I, I think the old wood. There's, there were some really amazing things, and yeah, I, I wondered the table, mate. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> and I wondered about <laughs> just going back to your your strat. It was heavy, wasn't it? It was quite a heavy strat. It was, yeah, yeah. And I just wondered whether it was just uh, tonally just a bit dead. Dead. Yeah. So it wouldn't I, matter what boutique pickups you put in it, it I, would just just only give you. Yeah, uh, a very limited amount of uh, response and yeah, it just and never that had that chime or the bite. And it had the only time I got that was the fat fifties pickups. Yeah, I hated those pickups, mm. but I still didn't have the same sort of sustain and vibe of the the white one that I play yeah. now. Yeah, so that yeah. was uh, they're like yeah, yeah, something to be said about that. I reckon. Yeah. yeah, well, even like so, Rick and I have spoken about Callahan. Mm. I remember there was a so there was a. I went we did through a video a f- on that, I think. We oh, did, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I went through a phase where I swapped out everything. I put I put it I was I was on tour and you know, like you do, you go on you go into a guitar shop and I was like, Oh, there's Callaham stuff. Bought a telly bridge, put it on, and it changed the way my telly sounded. Yeah. And for me, that meant this is amazing and changed every guitar. Mm. Like every strat, every telly. Wow. 
And then you and I were talking about this like separately about how great they were. And then mm. years later, we were like, yeah. <laughs> well, not we, no. Yeah, we yeah. did a video where yeah, AB on on my uh, black, you know that yeah. hundred year old yeah, pine yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. And, and I put the Callahan Bridge on it and I was fully expecting... Yeah. It was a bit like the Emperor's New Clothes. It looks so awesome. Yeah. Look how thick the plate is. Yeah. And, and it's and it's uh, been ground down on yeah. a... Cold uh, roll. That's right. Yeah. And cold roll, cold Steel. whatever. And, you know, and I just cried when I strung it up and plugged it in. I just said, where's my telly gone? Yeah. yeah. Where's it my... It was just... Clearly darker, right? It was right? dull and, yeah. and, and lifeless and... and uh, I just couldn't take it off quick enough, um, yeah. and put the other one on and and uh, get rid of the, the Callahan Bridge. You know, it's beautifully engineered. It looks yeah, magnificent. Very. All the beautiful compensated mm. saddles and and hmm. and those two little screws at the front of the plate to yeah. sort of increase the transmission of of uh, the string vibrations. But it just took all the top end out of the guitar and, and yeah. all the snap and the pop out of it. Uh, well, I have to say, you know, it didn't make my guitar sound like shit it made it sound thicker and fuller okay right which i thought was great but then you know i'd listen to rick and he he makes a telly sound amazing and and i'll be like oh how come my telly doesn't sound <laughs> and then we sort of spoke about what bridge you got and you had told me oh i put my original fender yeah. on and the thin flimsy that's right a crappy one yeah and as soon as i did that it was like Tell you again. Yeah. I'm yeah. back. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. so much an alchemy, isn't it? Of, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of, of all the parts. So now, like, I don't know what you could have done to that Strat. I think what you did to it was probably the best, which yeah. is sell it. Yeah. Sold it. Uh, yeah. 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 It was a sort of, back then, there wasn't as many great lefties around, and that was uh, at the point where I decided, oh, I'm going to buy a USA-made Strat. Yeah. And that was the only one I could find. It was yeah. a deluxe. It was the, oh, right. the deluxe yeah. one, gold hardware, locking yeah. tuners, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And, it was a lot of money back then. Mm. And I thought, oh, I'll invest in a good one and I should mm. be done. I was just never happy with it. No. It looked cool. Yeah. But, I mean, um, when we took out the noiseless pickups in it, there must have been 15 wires coming out of every pickup. Whoa. And the, 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 wire, <laughs> the wiring loom under the five-way switch was like something out of the space shuttle. It was insane. Jeez. Yeah, you need like a, a his brain to be able to work out how the hell you get it all back in there. Like it was it was crazy. It was cra- yeah, yeah, it yeah. was crazy. All those wires for a shit sounding pickup. Yeah, so. they were the if they were the original Sumerian co- cobalt oh, okay. cobalt ones. Yeah, did they have the S one switching? Yeah, and, all that. and yeah, that yeah. broke three times. Wow. That, yeah. I ended up getting that ripped out. Yeah, I mean, you might have done uh, yeah. that for me. I think possibly you might have taken that out. I can't remember, but yeah. we ended up just putting a regular yeah. regular yeah. pot in there because it was yeah. just a. And those in, but that, I don't know. I, I, I'm not convinced that those sounds are anything spectacular. Yeah. You push the thing and it's like, it's, yeah. yeah, it's a different sound. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of not really something that worked for. It's like some, some stretch you can get all three pickups on. Mm. And oh, like, who yeah. would ever use that sound? Yeah. Like, it's uh, it, mm. just because you can do it doesn't mean yeah, that's you, right. know, you, you, you shouldn't. Do you remember my Tyler guitar that I had with yeah. all the switching? Yeah. Like, that was cool. You know, it, it, I think it's a studio. I can't remember what that switching was because, but it had like a, a, a mid boost. So it's a three single coil sort of system with uh, parallel series. Mm. Uh, mm. Like it'll, it'll make toast for you. Yeah. It's it's just everything that you, every different sound or every different combination was, yeah, was wow. available. And I never used any of them. 
You know, like, no. yeah, I never, mm. never did. And then you sold it. You traded and then it, I traded it for the gold yeah. one. But I, no, not, that, that wasn't it. I traded it for a 64 Jazzmaster. Ah. That was the one I traded yeah. for. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, we could have paid off our house a lot many, many years ago, <laughs> can we? Yeah, our houses, right. sorry, we don't live together. I want to. <laughs> that's not the story that I'll be fabricating online now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I, I guess yeah. Uh, I guess less is less. Yeah, that's right. That's what Wayne <laughs> Melmstein says. Some people say <laughs> less is more. I say less is less. <laughs> so I guess the the story is if you're looking to get a guitar, possibly this is the story. I'm not too sure. But now when I go to buy one, I want it to sound right yeah. straight away. Yeah. Modding something just for the sake of it isn't probably no. worth it. Yeah, or yeah. I don't know. It's probably just good to find the right sort of guitar and mm. then in a month you find another one that's right and you flip the old one because it's just piss I think, junk. I think all of us have done have done that. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Where we just bought something for the sake of like, oh, it's because, I don't know. It's, yeah, I've, I've definitely bought so many guitars where I'm like, oh, I remember when Slash had that and because yeah. it's something in my childhood. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, it's not me. That's right. You know, you just got to. It's because you didn't get the hat. No, I should have got the hat. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been doing this for too many years. I should know by now, but <laughs> but we, I don't use this head when I buy these guitars. I just yeah. sort of see them and, and it just evokes these things inside you that are completely beyond yeah. sort of rational yeah. thought and, and, and reason. It's just, uh, oh, I like that. But then I the cool it. thing is you'll play and if you have a magical moment, it's like, it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, all right. Or you take it to the jam and have a terrible set and the first thing you want to do is sell it when you get home. Yeah. Like, where's that eBay just... listing? Take photos at the jam and then you, you're good no, to you go. you do. Yeah, I, I, I routinely get home after a bad night at the jam, throw all my clothes in the fire, burn them. <laughs> take and... a cold shower. <laughs> That's right. And I just never feel clean. <laughs> you never are. That's cool. So I think that might wrap up our first one. What do you reckon? Because we're going to yeah, get out yeah. there and have a play. Yeah, so let's make some it's, noise. It's getting there. So uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find it on iTunes. Just type in or go to intheblues.podcast.com. You can listen to it there for free as well. Rick, thanks, mate. All no right, cheers, mate. Ryan, Come I'm going to give you a one of these. <laughs> <laughs> and, one uh, of these bad boys. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll catch you soon. Cool. Cheers. Cheers.